So, um, yeah, I get the privilege to share with you this morning, and uh, we're starting a new series. So let's have that one slide. <coughs> no, not that one. Oh. Remember, I said I'll give you the second one. Yeah. Okay, so we've got, a, we've got a new slide, and uh, there's a lot happening here. But the title of the new series is called God on Both Sides of the Cross. God on Both Sides of the Cross. And so what we're wanting to do is, we're wanting to use Easter as the, as the pinnacle. And then look on both sides of Easter in terms of how God relates, how God communicates uh, with His people. It's, and so what we're going to do in this series is, is we're going to start to look at what's God's story. So we spent a lot of time on what our story is, and we get a chance now to look at uh, uh, God's story. And so when you look at sort of on both sides of the cross, there's this idea of before Christ, and then after the death of Christ. It's, uh, I remember when... Uh, we were taught on how to share our, our testimony in two minutes. We would always use BC, meeting Christ, AD. Do you remember that? So what was your life like before Christ? And then Christ comes into your life. How did Christ come into your life? And what is it like now that, uh, that you have Christ in your life? And so we're going to be looking over the next, I think, eight weeks. We're looking at um, on both sides of the cross. So the first four weeks. We're going to be looking at subjects like um, um, sacrifice, we're going to look at uh, prophecy, we're going to look at the, the festivals, and then we're going to celebrate Easter. And on the, on the other side of the cross, we're going to be looking at eternal life, we're going to be looking at Satan defeated, and we're going to look at Christ died for all. And so this idea of, of Christ being at the center, and, uh, and uh, it's the same God on both sides of the cross. And I guess... In your mind, you're probably thinking the Old Testament versus the New Testament. All of that sort of stuff, we're going to pull that thread through in terms of how God relates to us. And more importantly, what is God's story? So, is that good? Yes. Great. So, I'm going to knock off the series. I'm going to start off the series and um, uh, looking at uh, God on both sides of the cross. And uh, uh, to start by saying, we've just come out of a series, What's Your Story? And uh, it has been the most profound uh, um, sermon series that, that I've certainly been a part of. I don't know about you, but just listening to stories, you just, it's just something powerful about listening to somebody's story, isn't it? I mean, we've had some, uh, we've had people up front sharing their stories, and then we've had people in the life groups sharing their stories, and, um, and it's just quite interesting, like when you, when, you, when you get to hear somebody's story, you think of them differently, don't you? And then I think to myself, well, do I have these preconceived think, uh, attitudes about people? Or what about the church? How is it that we can be in the same church together for a year, five years, ten years, and still not know each other's stories? And it's, it's something that we've really got to look at and say, well, what is it? how do we create that opportunity to hear each other's stories? But, uh, but we were in life group on, on, on Wednesday. And just the profound, like, just how profound it was just sitting, listening to somebody's story. I just like, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes you want to sit there and you go like, wow, this is like holy ground, just hearing people's stories. And I'm sure like in, in your mind when you hear a story, there's, there's something that the Holy Spirit does in terms of stirring your heart. He must. Uh, he must get you to a point of saying, Gee, that is an incredible story. It's such a powerful story. Therefore, you know, or that's such a, like I didn't know that about that person. 
therefore. And so as you hear a story, it speaks into your story. As you hear somebody share so vulnerably and open, it, it, it's got to reflect back on, well, let me say it this way. It reflects back on me to say like, wow, was it, was it my attitudes about people? Was it something about my own story? And so I'm hoping that through this series as well, that we still have that opportunity because I know we're going to be sharing stories in life groups and we're going to have an opportunity to share testimonies as well. But, like, but as you hear the stories, it's, it's, it speaks powerfully about that person, but it's got to say something about you as a reflection um, as, you, as you hear these stories. One commentator said this, telling, uh, telling, our, telling ourselves stories helps us navigate our way through life but because it provides structure and direction. So it's not only for yourself, but when you tell your story or when you start putting your story together, it provides structure and, and, um, and direction. I know that when I shared my story here, it was, it was very emotional because there were still some things that I was processing in my own life. But when I sat down, I got to the point of saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to share any more of that side of the story because there's more to come. There's, there's more that I've got to live into. And so certainly I'll pick up things from, 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 uh, from that side of, 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 of my story. But what is it going ahead? What is it going ahead? But stories are very important because it helps us navigate through life because it provides direction and structure. And so what I want to do is this morning is I, I want us to start getting familiar or start becoming aware of, of what is God's story. What is God's story? Because I don't know about you, but when you hear somebody's story and you hear the, uh, you hear the, the things that happen BC and you're like, And then in the story, particularly with the people that, 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 are, that are part of Wellspring, um, you, you, you get to the point of, I had this experience. You get to the point of, I experienced Jesus. Jesus met me. Jesus saved me. Jesus drew me out. And, uh, and, and AD is not like plain sailing and everything smooth. But, but with God, He helps me too. With God, He gives me a greater purpose. With God, He gives me forgiveness. He gives me healing. And so, what I'd like us to do this morning is to, to look at God's story uh, as a way of introduction. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to go into different chapters of God's story. But why is it important to know God's story? Why is it important for us to highlight that in all of the stories we heard, we heard God intervening into our stories? Well, I think it's important for us to understand God's story and to know God's story um, because we get to see the world as God sees it. We get to see the world as God sees it. So before Christ, you know, our picture of our lives, our picture of, of, of where our life is going, it might be uh, short-sighted, uh, you know, we, like our gaze is in our, in our stuff and our mess. Um, but when you start understanding that, that God wants to interject your, into your story, you get to see the world as, as He sees the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that He ever believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We know that scripture, don't, don't we? But it's this thing of like, when we allow God into our stories or when we start understanding God's story, we get, to, we get to see the way God sees things. Not only do we get to see the way God sees things, we get to see the way that, that, that God sees people. 
and not to jump the gun, but we get to see the, you know, when we get to understand God's story and read it, we start to see how God sees you and I. And so, it's important to understand God's story because we get to be able to see the world as God sees it. Secondly, um, as I said earlier, we, we get to see um, ourselves as God sees us. I, I, I just love this portion of scripture in, in Psalm 139. We know that, we know that, that scripture, but uh, it's familiar to us. But Psalm 139 verse 14, it says there, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Can you say that in the silence of your heart? Or I'm, I, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on, I can see some faces. I like, let's get into the sermon proper now. <laughs> we are in the sermon proper. <laughs> because when you hear the stories of the people sitting next to you and around you, your response to those stories, one should be, I want to give you a hug or a high five and I just want to tell you that you're wonderfully and fearfully made. Let's praise God for it. It's so important to know God's story because when you know God's story, when you start living God's story, you know that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And the other thing about, uh, about um, uh, knowing God's story is that we get to see people the way God sees them. We get to see people the way God sees them. I love the scripture in 1 John 4 verse 7. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed His love amongst us, that He sent His one and only Son into the world, that we might live through Him. This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. Isn't that a lovely portion of Scripture? The thing that strikes me about this is like that portion, that, that, that verse there, I think it's in 12, where it says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, what is, what is the implication? If we love one another, God is manifest. The way I see it is like, if God is manifest, then God can be seen. If we love one another. If we love one another. So telling stories is, is so important because it gives us direction, it gives us structure. But not only that, when we get to understand God's story, when we, when, we, when we read about God, it, it, it gives us this opportunity to see the world as He sees it, to see ourselves as He sees us, and to see each other as He sees others. And it's so important. Yeah? So important. And perhaps we need to look at our discipleship model, or our discipleship program, or our discipleship journey, because... We've got to take into account the history of the individual in coming to a place of helping people become more like Jesus. As opposed to having this discipleship program of one size fits all. We've got, we've got to. Because we miss so much. And that's why perhaps church, when you come to church, how do you find, how do you find 
you know, like we don't know each other, but we, we're in the family together and we're living our lives and uh, we, we, we're understanding more of the Bible and uh, we're growing in that way, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But the richness of a person's history and how God intersects into that person's history and how that person lives after experiencing God is so powerful. It's so powerful. So what's God's story? What's God's story? It's, it's, see, it's when we read the Bible, we read God's story. Tell it to somebody about a week ago, two weeks ago, of saying that it's so important to read the Bible for myself, the person said. Because so often church is set in such a way that you hear from the pastor, or you hear from the leader, and the, and, and, and the way that we read the Bible is through a sermon. There's nothing wrong with that. But in order for us to understand God's story, and for all, in order for us to, to, for God's story to intersect with ours, or for our story to become part of God's story, we've got to know the story, and, when we, and, and, the, and the way that we get to know the story is through the Bible. And when you read the Bible, what you need to understand is that we are part of the, the drama. And when we read the Bible, we learn what our role is in that story, or in God's story. And the best way to read the Bible, uh, the story of God, is to understand the way the story is written. And the first point is, God is the main character. I'm not. I remember Rick Warren brought up that book, that book Purpose Driven uh, Life, and it was a, it was a, it was a huge hit. Uh, a bestseller, and uh, commentators, secular commentators, were were quite uh, interested in why that became the bestseller. Particularly when the opening line, Rick Warren writes there, um, "Your life is not about you, or it, it's not a, it's not all about you." And then our, our our centralized way of living is that so often we read the Bible and we become the main character, but we're not. God is the main character. And we have an important role to play. You see, when we read the, the story better, we'll learn about the main character a lot better. And when we see Jesus coming into the story, we realize that he is the main character. And it's not about us. What I, lo what I love about when you, when you get to the understanding of how to read the Bible and knowing that God, God uh, is the main character and, and we have a role to play, um, then we start getting grafted into God's story. We get, we get, we become part of God's story. I, I love that uh, that scripture in Revelations 13 verse 8. Um, uh, all those names who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's almost like God's writing a story, and 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 we in it. That as you come to faith in Jesus Christ, that your name is written in the the, the, the Lamb's Book of Life. And so the Bible is very important. If we need to understand God's story, if we need to be a part of God's story, the Bible is of so uh, of huge importance. And, and over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna we're gonna be tracking different chapters in the in the story of God through the Bible. And uh, and it's so important for us not only to 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 preach like that, to have the Bible as the center, but for us to 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 read the scriptures. And I, I know, I know. Um, you know, like, hey, we need to pray and we need to read our Bible. You know, is there anything else we can do? 
You know, we need to pray, we need to, you know, read our Bible in order to get to know God a lot better. Is there anything else we can do? We have to, we have to read Scripture. We have to read the Bible in order for us to understand the story. And for many of us that know, just as a, just as a, 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 a point of, of um, not introduction, but just as a point related to the Bible, that we know that the Bible is, has many chapters that comprises of a number of books where there's topics uh, and there's diverse literature and, there's, and it's written by various authors over centuries. But despite the Bible being written by a number of authors over so many years and addressing a number of subjects, um, there is one grand story with the central message. It is about the triune God, it's about the triune creator God, penned in eternity and executed over time. A God who glorifies himself by the redemption of his people. We're getting to the story. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible message is, the, is first and foremost about this triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This message uh, of God, the story of God, is centered in His name, Jesus Christ. And we have this great privilege for Him to share of Himself with us. That, Jesus, that God, through Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, has positioned himself in time and history, has positioned himself in our stories. And so our stories become his stories, and his story becomes our story. Ephesians 2 verse 6, God raised Christ and seated, uh, seated him with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The main figure, the main character of the story, Jesus Christ, came to live his life died and rose again and is seated at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is released that we might continue to live to the glory of God, that we can continue to live in His story. And so as we get to this point uh, in understanding what God's story is, it is, it is critical to understand the Bible's overall message to be, and, and to be able to interpret it properly in order to apply it to our lives. And what I want to do is, there are many ways that one can, can highlight or, carry, or, or, or give a summary of what God's story is. And I'm going to do that in a second. But the important thing that we need to do is, is how do we apply the Bible for today? And I guess it's how do we read the Bible? How do we come to read the Bible? And um, in the, 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 the preaching group, um, Rowan gave us this uh, podcast to listen to. Uh, it's from, uh, it's the, the, the Burma podcast. And it's, um, I think it's, um, is it? Uh, Matty Solomon, he, he's got, he's got like, I think he goes over years of podcasts on how to read the Bible. And he goes to say that there, there, are, two, there are two sort of groups of people that read the Bible. It's, it's people from the East and people from the West. It's the Hebrews uh, and their understanding of, of, of reading the Bible. And then you've got the, the Greek way of reading the Bible. And, uh, and when you look at, at these two uh, understanding of reading the Bible, we have this, this, this Greek mentality of reading the Bible. We have this, this uh, worldview of reading the Bible for us, everyone sitting in this room. And, uh, and, and, and Marty, he is a, uh, a, a Christian who, who, who is 
the, the Jewish man. And uh, he goes on to say, there's so much that we need to learn from the Eastern way of reading the, of, of reading the Bible, even just the way that the Bible was written in order for us to, to engage fully in, in, in a Western culture with a Greek uh, a worldview in reading the, the Bible. Now, you need a bit of both. You need, you need to understand how, how the, the East write stories. You need to understand how the, the East interpret the Bible. But the, we also need to engage in the West in terms of this is how we read the Bible. And, you know, look, when we... I mean, this is such a big topic. But the thing is, is that when you read the Bible, uh, the Holy Spirit I've been, is able to transcend. The Holy Spirit is able to bring that Eastern way, that Eastern worldview of reading the Bible and the Western worldview of reading the Bible and, and, and bring it together. And so when you just read the Bible from a Western uh, uh, worldview, um, it's okay. But there's so much richness that you can get out of when you understand uh, people that, that have written the Bible, that read the Bible from, a, from an Eastern worldview. There is so much richness that we can gain from it. See, when we look on the Western worldview of, of the Bible, we see the Bible as information, don't we? So how do I get eternal life? How do I get to heaven? How do I become a Christian? How do I live my life that brings glory to God? And so the Bible becomes this book of information. This Bible becomes this, this uh, 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 a manual for life. I've used that term before, which is nothing wrong with it. But when you look on the Eastern worldview of, of reading the Bible, we, we know that, um, that the way people from the East read the Bible is through pictures, stories, and images. And so you need to be able to hold both in tension when you read the Bible. What we need to understand is that the Bible was written for a particular group of people at a particular time with a particular culture. And it's important for us to understand that so that as you engage in that, you are able to apply it to your life. So when you look at the stories in the Old Testament and you, you come along inside, you know, you go through something in your life and you feel the Spirit lead you to a particular story and you read it, that you will be successful one day or you'll get through this problem or God will help you in this and then you get to the end of that and you say, I haven't experienced God, where is God? I don't know if you've experienced that before. Or you, like you've read something and you, you hold on to it but it's, it, 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 the outcome doesn't match what you read in the Bible. And I guess that's the tension that, that we need to engage with. And so it's, it's important that as we go through the series that, we, that we, we understand that. We understand that the Bible was written not for us in 2023 as a group of people. No, it was written way back. Way back. God's encounter with the, the Israelites. And, uh, and then we see Jesus Christ coming and, uh, and uh, the Holy Spirit is released. And we see God not just reaching out to the, the Jewish folk but to the Gentiles as well, to everybody. And, and, and the story continues for us today. But it's very important that we understand that. And this is just an introduction in terms of uh, everything related to around Scripture. There's so much. But these are just little pointers that, we need to, uh, that I need to highlight in order for us to understand that, you know, the Bible's not complex. It's layered. And as we do have the Holy Spirit that helps us in our reading of the Bible, in our interceding of it, um, it, why is it so important to understand this worldview, this Eastern worldview, and this Western worldview? Well, one example, that, let's look at God's existence. And when we read it from an Eastern uh, worldview, uh, the existence of God 
is, um, is not about does God exist. It's about how do I relate to God and how does God relate to me. But transcendence within the, the Eastern worldview and the, and the, the time of the Bible, that it, God was never questioned. But in our, 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 our Greek mindset, when we read Genesis, or when we read the Bible, we want to try and prove that God exists. But the Bible's not there to prove that God exists. The Bible's there to talk about a relationship that the existing God has with people and wants to have with people. Just a little tweak. Just a little tweak in terms of holding the tension. In terms of how the Israelites read the Bible, or how the Israelites understood God, and how we understand God today. And so the Bible is very important. And I hope over time, that our preachers will pick up little things in terms of how do you read the Bible? How do you interpret the Bible? How do you apply the Bible to 2023 in your, in your, in your workspace, in your home space, and how you live your life today? Because God wants you to be part of His story. And in the stories that we heard, how powerful that was when people came to say that this is how I live my life, I accepted Christ, and this is my life now. Very powerful. So before I get into the just the, the um, uh, sort of an overview of God's story, I came across this little joke. So, you might I tell a little joke? <laughs> just to wake some up. <coughs> so, this, there was this new pastor, and he, uh, he, he was in this uh, church, and he wanted to give a good impression, and so he started visiting all the people that went to his church. And he went around and he visited them. He went to the one lady, and uh, um, he, uh, he knocked on the door to, to come in. But you could, you could hear a radio, and you could hear there was somebody in the in the in the room. I mean, in the house. But you knocked, no one answered. Knocked, no one answered. So he took out a, a church card, and at the back of the the church card, he wrote Revelation 3:20, and it says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock." <laughs> and he just stuck it on the the, the, the door for the the, the the lady to see. Anyways, the uh, church on Sunday, he was standing at the at the back of church, shaking people's hands. She came up to him, and she put the little the, the same card back in his. In his hand after church, he looked at it and she wrote Genesis 3.10. I heard your voice in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked. (laughs) 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 So there's different ways to, to summarize God's story. There's different ways to summarize God's story. So, um, and the one way that I want to share it with you, and this is probably something that we can use in terms of how we live our lives as well, but in also how we read the Bible. So, oh, really? <laughs> okay, one way, and as I said, there are many ways that, that people can, can, can um, give a summary to God's story. And um, this is a, a, a popular way, a popular um, understanding of God's story. And so there are four chapters to God's story. There is... Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Okay? Creation, fall, redemption, um, and restoration. And so in these four uh, chapters of God's story, um, this is a good way of of understanding it. This is a good way of saying, okay, I've got to get to know my Bible. Um, But this is God's story as a summary. And so quickly I want to go through each of these. And so looking at creation. Um, in the beginning, God created the universe. He created us. He created human beings to live in His presence, to, to, to submit to Him and to love Him, to be in relationship with God. Um, and uh, we were created to enjoy the world 
um, as it's supposed to be. We know that in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. When we read Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, it's God's account, uh, it's God's creation of all things, including us. His, his uh, animals um, and us as humans. Um, God created everything out of nothing. And uh, it was good. It was good. The way God related to, to his creation was the way it was meant to be. I mean, when we read the encounter of Adam and Eve with, uh, with, with, uh, with God in the, uh, the garden, it was beautiful. But, uh, the scripture says that, that God would meet with them in the coolness of day. The relationship between God and mankind, God and, and uh, Adam and Eve. Although this section of the Bible is short, its theological significance is foundational to everything that follows. To everything that follows. Now the guys are outside there, and I think it's faith and science that they're dealing with the teenagers. They should be in here, because, and they'll tell you Genesis 1 and 2, it's, it's all about that. It's all about that, that, um, that, uh, that theological significance and, and uh, that is foundational to everything that flows. Setting the stage for the rest of the Bible's unfolding drama. Right? Creation. Creation. The fall. And so when we see this perfection of God engaging with uh, Adam and Eve, there is conflict. And, uh, and Adam and Eve rebelled against God. And part of that is, is, the, is the consequence of that. The consequence of rebelling is separation from God. Is that we, we Adam and Eve were were, were um, uh, what's the word, asked to leave the garden and, uh, and God's relationship with Adam and Eve uh, um, was broken. And, and from there, you know, it would be, it'd be quite like dramatic to say that from that point, the whole world has been plunged into chaos. Um, you know, being out of relationship with God, out of God's presence. Instead of enjoying God's presence, um, uh, 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 what has happened is that there is this conflict and there is this alienation from God. Um, and so what, Adam, what happened to Adam and Eve, that's why I'm saying, like in, in the first two chapters of the Bible, that theological significance being foundational is that what happened to Adam and Eve uh, has, 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 has happened throughout the centuries of this, this broken relationship between, between people and God. And so what happens in that is that we don't become God, a part of God's story or our story, we live our story and then we die. There's no, there's no privilege of being part of God's story, being grafted into God's story because of creation. Uh, I'm sorry, because of the fall. Uh, in creation it was perfect, but, but, but what happened was the fall. And we read that in Genesis 3. Everything changed. Adam, the first man, um, uh, um, forever changed the direction of history by the choices that he made when he rebelled against God. When he rebelled against God. We, we sometimes can like, we seem to identify a lot more with that than with creation, eh? Like everything is great and my relationship with God is good because now that Christ has come and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there should be some, uh, some understanding or some uh, way of identifying with creation, this new creation. But I, I guess it's in the, it's in the, the restoration. That will that will experience it fully, but we do get to feel this goodness, the connected goodness of God. But I'm not sure what it was like <coughs> in the pure sense at creation. And so, when they were tempted, Adam disobeyed God and plunged all of humanity into sin, death, and con uh, condemnation. Um, 
apart from Genesis chapter 3, uh, we cannot make sense of God's plan of redemption and how we as humans can stand justified before the before holy God uh, and giving over our sin. We, we, we can't. We, we, we have to understand Genesis chapter 3. Because of Adam's sin and our banishment from God's presence, the only hope is found in God's gracious initiative to redeem us through Jesus Christ on the cross. Through Jesus Christ on the cross. And so we have creation, we have the fall, then we have redemption. And the redemption, as I spoke to, where do we get this hope from? God uh, initiates this rescue plan. God initiates this rescue plan to save his people. And in Genesis 3.15, God promises that a son, a seed from the woman, will one day defeat the serpent and reverse what Adam did, and that is in Jesus Christ. In truth, the rest of the Bible, it, it, all of, of its stories and details, the people, the sacrificial system, the, savi- the, the, the saving events, tell us what happened um, through this idea of good news, the good news which comes through Jesus Christ. And as history unfolds, Christ comes, uh, he lives on this earth, God's own son. By his death, uh, by his life, his death, his resurrection, the Father creates a new humanity, uh, the church, uh, who, who enjoyed the full forgiveness of sin, a new heart, and access to the Father by the Spirit. And that is uh, redemption. We have redemption. And then, then, then there is restoration. The direction of history is... Um, is moving towards a new creation. The goal in the, in the end would be this re- God's redeeming promises. God's redeeming promises. And this present order is about the old creation in Adam. But in Christ we have this new creation in Christ. Just as death came through one man, life comes through another man in Jesus. In the Old Testament prophets uh, describe this new creation as, as, arriving, uh, as arriving in the coming of God's King and Messiah, Jesus Christ. Through His life and work on the cross, there is redemption. When Christ seated at the right hand of the Father, there is this idea that He will come to restore all things. Restore all things to a position of the creation. The Bible shows us the history of the world in these four stages. So as much as it's God's story, we can, we can even look at the history of the world through these four stages. The creation by God for and humans falling into sin. There is this redemption through Jesus Christ. And final restoration, this this new heaven and this new earth. This new heaven and this new earth. And the thing is, what we need to do is we need to look at these four chapters, not only as part of God's story that that was written so so long ago, so long ago, but we can use these four aspects in our present day reality, in our present day of living our lives. Putting it in another way, uh, if we look at anything, uh, tangible, intangible, in this world, 
Um, we know three things about it. The first is, um, this is God created and it was good. God created and it was good. Um, then secondly, uh, there was this rejection of God and uh, this attraction to sin um, and, uh, and, and the picture was distorted, it was broken. It falls short of, of this idea of what God has for us as, as His people. But then there is this, this idea of being redeemed. And one day there will be this restoration. There will be this restoration. And so as we go over the, the, the as, we, as we spend time over the next eight weeks looking at, at God's story, perhaps we can, we, we can use the summary of, of what, what God's story is. And maybe you might, you might come across another summary of God's story. But in order for us to get into God's story, we've got to start understanding it. And I hope that this is one way that we can get to understand God's story. I hope this is helpful. Mm-hmm. That as we go into this this next uh, this next um, <coughs> sermon series, that, that we, we understand God's story and how we are grafted into God's story. Let's pray. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth, first, first earth had passed away and there was no longer sea. I saw a holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down from, from, from heaven, from God. Prepared as a, a bride, beautifully dressed with her husband. <coughs> And then I heard a voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now amongst His people, and He will dwell amongst them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the, for the old order of things have passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I'll give water without cost. From the spring of the water of life. Father, we want to come before you and we want to thank you that we are able to look into your story. And Lord, I do thank you that over the last month and a half that we've been able to, to listen to each other's stories and, and just just the, the privilege that we have in that. And Lord, I pray that as we, we continue and, and, and continue to, to hear each other's history, to hear each other's stories, I pray that we would, 
when we come to the place where we, we understand that that we are part of your story. And your story, you are the the central character. In your story, the story is about you. And as we understand that, Father, I pray that you would help us find our place in your story. And Lord, when we understand your story and our place, we get to see the world as you see it. We get to understand ourselves as you know us. And we get to see people as you see them. Yes, just have a moment just to reflect. Just stay in this attitude. Um, and maybe if you could put that slide on again, Nadal, and uh, just allow the Holy Spirit just to stir your heart in terms of the summary of God's story. And what would be quite nice would be just like identify yourself in one of the chapters. Maybe you want to take your story and uh, and uh, insert it into this creation, fall, redemption, restoration story. Or maybe the Holy Spirit wants to work something different in you related to His story. Or perhaps you're sitting here and you, you you're not part of God's story and you'd like to be part of His story. Just to come and to, to, to commit your life to Him. Surrender your life to him. Lord, maybe you, the words of your prayer is, Lord, I, I commit my life to you. I surrender my life to you. I want to be a part of your story. So let's just have a moment just reflecting on the summary of God's story as the Spirit also ministered to you. Lord, we want to come before you and thank you for your story. Thank you that we can be part of your story. Lord, as we, as we come to understand your story, won't you allow us to share the story? Won't you allow us to live the story? And so we do thank you for this time. We pray for the next eight weeks as we look at... This idea of you on both sides of the cross. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.